0: From Steel Valley Media, this is The Frosty Podcast. The Fortune 500 is the iconic list of large companies in this country. When you've made the Fortune 500, you know you've made the big time. It's a measure of prestige. It says they're big enough to play with the big boys. Welcome to The Frosty Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. With me as always, Tony Perrini. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and as always, you can find us on Podbean. We are also on Twitter, at FrostyPod. Uh, we are falling a little bit short of our follower goals. We are currently at 10 followers, Tony. Only three up from a couple weeks ago when we first unveiled. But that's alright. We are out there. Sending media to the masses.
1: We don't have many yet, Derek, but big shout out to John Bartels. He's been there from the beginning on Twitter. Our first follower, that's gonna be the answer to a trivia question years from now. once we have uh, hundreds, even thousands of followers, It'll be who who was the first one there? John Bartels, kudos to you. We're gonna have you on his guest picker at some point here. Uh, that's Derek, great, John, lot, lots of good action. Lots of good action over the weekend, and we are down to the nitty-gritty here. Two weeks left, uh, and everybody right now just stuck there in the middle. We've had a couple things clinched, but there is a lot up for grabs still.
0: Yeah, and this is really what we've been looking forward to. You know, we we, we threw out weeks back, you know, it was separation week, and we have since then seen everybody come back into the middle, especially in that sales division. We'll break into it here a little bit Uh, a little bit later on but it's been really an incredible season thus far the parody has just been like no other and it just it doesn't seem like it's gonna it's gonna come to an end but as we know this is week 12 week 13 is the last of the regular season and tony we're already in playoffs in in two weeks
1: yeah, it's crazy. I can't believe how fast the season's gone. And, and we've we've had some pretty good parity in this league in the past, but I don't think we've ever had to this extent um, where it conceivably uh, there's going to be some people that are uh, possibly having a winning record sitting there in the toilet bowl playoffs at the end of the day. So uh, things are tight, uh, and there was a lot of good action this past week to, to move things in that direction.
0: Now Tony, I have to say so before we get into our opening bell segment, uh, this is our twenty fifth episode. We are at the quarter century mark and I just want to take this moment to to thank our listeners. Um, we have we average about uh, thirty five to forty downloads per episode at this point, um, which is is far beyond I know Tony you and I talked we we expected around 10. Um, so we are far exceeding that number. And just a thank you to everybody who downloads, everybody who listens, everybody who comments, everybody who follows. Um, this started out and still is as as a fun hobby for us to do um, and to see that that this work and it's it's a lot of work that we put into it. Um, we have fun doing it. Uh, but the fact that it's appreciated by by a lot of people, a lot more than we expected Um just a heartfelt thank you
1: to everybody. Yeah, I would echo that sentiments. Big thank you to everybody who is uh, regularly t- tuning in to uh, listen to just the action that's going on in our league, but also it's it's about a lot of stuff that's going on in our group of friends. It's a good way for us to share our own lives with everybody out there. It's just great to hear uh, how everybody out there is, is taking it in. It's, it's already grown way past anything that we would have expected. As you mentioned, I, I thought about 10 people a week was probably going to be about the cap uh, and, you know, the fact that we're at 30 to 40 and growing, uh, it's spectacular and it's uh, better than we could have ever imagined. And a big thank you to everybody out there listening and we're glad to provide the content and I hope uh, you keep listening because uh, hopefully we're going to keep giving you more and more reasons to tune in.
0: All right, enough of that sappy stuff, Tony. Let's get into it. Tony, we have some big news to talk about and that is as we are approaching playoffs, uh, both for, on the good side and on the toilet bowl side, we've been seeking sponsors for our both, uh, for, I guess both sets of championship games. So that toilet bowl championship and our regular championship. And so Tony, let's talk first toilet bowl. Um, this will be our third official toilet bowl championship and, you know, it just kind of felt lackluster just calling it the Toilet Bowl Championship. Uh, so, Tony, we've worked really hard, and the and the credit goes to you for securing a sponsor. And, Tony, who is that sponsor?
1: Well, here we are uh, going into week 12, uh, 25th episode, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, for, for most of those weeks, we've been scouring uh, – the entire nation trying to find the perfect sponsor Uh, for both of these championships. I think we found great ones for both Um, for for the toilet bowl. We consulted the smartest guys in the room. We are going to have the Enron toilet bowl and really excited about it. Getting Enron right back out there in the spotlight. Um, I'm I'm sure somewhere they're really excited about that as well.
0: Yeah, you know, Enron taking some heat in the past, much like our teams who have who have played in that Toilet Bowl championship um, and much like those teams are no longer with us. So Enron is secured as our sponsor for the Enron Toilet Bowl championship. And Tony, what about the flip side? The real big dog, the championship game as won by Steve Groover the last two years.
1: Well, we needed a good name for the bowl altogether. We couldn't just call it the championship. Uh, You know, there's a a Super Bowl out there. You have all the college bowls that have have good names out there with sponsors attached. So we wanted to follow suit. So we're going to call it the Capital Bowl uh, to go along with our Fortune 500 theme. And it's going to be the Circuit City Capital Bowl uh, throwback to uh, one of my favorite places growing up. Uh, you know, I was a big video gamer. Had to go hit Circuit City from time to time. Can't anymore, but we're keeping them alive here uh, in our capital bowl.
0: Yeah, for those of you youngins out there looking at you, Dave and Kalen, Circuit City was, was the place to be. I always preferred it over Best Buy. Uh, you know, similar type store, but Circuit City just – just seem to have it together a little bit more than Best Buy. Plus, I like their color scheme better. Um, Unfortunately, they were not able to live through the Great Recession and had to fold, but uh, great to see them coming back and sponsoring our capital bowl for that Circuit City capital bowl. Um, Tony, I'll ask you this right now. Who do you think plays in that Circuit City capital bowl?
1: Oh, that's a tough one right now because we have some big games coming up this week. Uh, obviously, I hope to be there. My team has not been uh, affording me that opportunity the last couple of weeks, but it really comes down to these last couple of weeks. But right now, I think it's, it's trending to be Vince and Kevin. They're two of the hotter teams in the league, uh, the two highest scoring teams in the league. You know, they, it seems to be theirs to lose right, right now.
0: I'm with you 50% of the way. I think Kevin's there, and I think Steve, he comes back and makes a run. Um, we'll see. He may not even make the playoffs, but uh, if he does, he's going to be a force to contend with. We'll talk about the Enron Bowl here in a little bit, but I just want to get your feeling uh, based on, in that Circuit City Capital Bowl. Uh, but we're we're excited. Uh, those only a few weeks away now, and uh, it, it should be some fireworks.
1: Absolutely. We're excited about it. Uh, felt like we were missing. We had two more sponsors we needed to grab. We got them. We got ones that fit. Uh, really pumped about it. and Glad to see how that shapes up in a couple weeks.
0: All right, Tony, with no further ado, let's get into it. Opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin Paper Company, Incorporated. And let's go ahead and open up with our game of the week, where we see Dave Pession super sack move up to six and five, take third in the sales team division, beating Charlie Thurber's now also six and five, sitting fifth in the sales team division. Dave took this game 106.8 to 106.1. And I know Dave was very puckered waiting for all the stat corrections to come out before he felt comfortable saying it was a victory, uh, getting great showings there from Christian McCaffrey. And then otherwise, obviously barely eclipsing that 100 mark, everybody else, you know, giving okay efforts, Jarvis Landry, 14.3, Julian Edelman, 14.9. On the other side of that, Charlie Thurber got 25.4 out of Michael Thomas and everybody else pretty much fell flat.
1: Yet another big game for Christian McCaffrey and Dave really needed all 30 of those points to get to get through there. Uh, Can't draw up a much tighter victory than this. And I can definitely see why he was a little nervous waiting on those stack corrections, given uh, what he's seen so far this season. Um, But McCaffrey paces the day for him again. uh, Gets some pretty solid efforts throughout nothing substantial you know melvin gordon 12 points jarvis landry 14 edelman 14 the more guys you get into double digits the better shape you're going to be even if they don't go off uh that, that's ideally where you want them to be on charlie's side uh, you know some a lot of good efforts for a lot of his team ronald jones and his flex really hurts him with the 3.4 outing that he had um you know michael thomas puts up 25 points uh, Mike Evans only with 10. Need a little more out of him. Well, this, this ends up being a big loss for Charlie. We'll get into the playoff scenarios here in a little bit, but a uh, huge win for Dave to get the upper hand on Charlie here in what is a very, very tight sales team division.
0: Next up here was a toilet bowl clinching game potentially for Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems as he beat your nooks and fannies, 115.1 to 109.2. Now, Tony, remind us, what did Tyler need to do to avoid clinching the toilet bowl this week?
1: Uh, He needed to win, uh, um, and he also needed needed to win and also needed some losses from uh, some of the other six win teams out there. Uh, Didn't quite get it. He got the win, but didn't get the losses that he needed. Um, So he finds himself here. Valiant effort there uh, in his attempts to stave off elimination for another week, but he couldn't quite do it. He will be in the toilet bowl playoffs. Um, Ends up with a really nice game from John Brown there. Thirty four points. He goes off his highest outing of the year. Todd Gurley finally comes back to life with 20 points Um, on my side. Cooper Cup with another uh, pretty pedestrian day. Uh, wasn't a goose egg this time, but sitting there at eight points. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders banged up through the game. doesn't see the end of it and ends with six points. But really, uh, you know, if, if you look at this game, I don't know. I don't know, Derek, if you were watching uh, that Rams-Bears game. But just how razor thin this outcome ended up being. Jared Goff his Cooper Cup with a 40-yard deep ball down the sideline. He's running to the end zone and ends up fumbling at the one-yard line. Uh, Would have ended up being an extra six points for him because he fumbles at the one. The offense comes back out, gives it to Gurley. He gets the six points instead, ends up being a 12-point swing. That really ended up being the game right there.
0: Yeah, this could have easily gone opposite. Uh, And and I did watch that and I just watching on the edge of my seat and thinking like this could be what really comes to matter for this game. And sure enough, uh, that's that was the difference. Um, And so Ty needed losses from Kevin, Joe and Dave, if I believe correctly, he needed two of those three to lose. And unfortunately for Ty, all three actually won. So Ty's ticket is punched for the toilet bowl. Um, great logo and all doesn't matter. Uh, and Tony, you are sitting there second in the warehouse division, uh, with even with that loss. Next up here, let's look at Kevin Hewlett's law offices of Saul Goodman going up against Kalen King's Prestige Worldwide. And Kevin really has turned his luck around. We've talked about it now over the last few weeks. He's currently on a five-game win streak, including this one: 140.4 to Kalen's 110. Uh, Kevin sitting there now at six and five and really looking forward. DJ Chark. This dude has been incredible. Gets 30.4 points. We kind of wondered if Chark's success was due to Minshew mania. Uh, but sure enough, Nick Foles coming back and even in a loss to Indianapolis still gets 30 points. Patriots defense with 12 against that Philly offense and Mark Ingram at 23.5 points, really sealing the deal there for Kevin on the other side, Kalen not having a bad showing. I think a, a standard showing for Kalen with Travis Kelsey at 22.2, everybody else in the teens and single digits, uh, saints defense getting him 17 there. Uh, Tony, is there any end in sight now for Kevin?
1: Uh, It's hard to tell. He just keeps putting up points left and right, puts up another 140 right here. Uh, He's now the highest scoring team in the league after that week with uh, 1,454 points on season. Um, Another big win here against Kalen, and he's now sitting in first place in the warehouse division. He's passed me up uh, with a losing streak that my squad is on. Um, Just really getting great outputs from most of the guys in his lineup. He's getting a lot of touchdowns in there. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been solid all season for him. He gets Drew Brees back at quarterback, that ends up uh, making Josh Allen a little expendable, and he ends up upgrading at the quarterback position with a trade with Tim this week that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but yeah, that team just keeps balling out for Kevin. He even gets a goose egg at kicker, and it doesn't even matter for him. Uh, on the flip side, Kalen's team just continues to underperform all season. You know, he's been one of the teams that's. Projected to win a lot of the weeks there because there's a lot of talent on the team and they just have not been performing on a week-to-week basis. Finally gets Kelsey to put up some points for him with 22, uh, but then gets Nick Chubb uh, coming in at only nine. Uh, Julio Jones rated 14. Marquise Brown gives him nothing uh, there against Houston. Damian Williams goes down with an injury as well in that game against the Chargers. Uh, it's been a it's been a tough season for Kalen. Uh, he has not yet. Clinch that toilet bowl playoffs, but uh he would need an act of God to avoid it at this point.
0: Uh going through our next two games here quickly, we have Joe Reed's footloose prosthetics getting his third win in a row going up against Tim Taft's, the Green Dragon, 117.3 to 101.2. Tim now finds himself on a five-game losing streak, and Joe, I think kind of quietly starting to come back. Uh, and then lastly. Steve Groover's the EBDB B and B looking like the Groover team of old beating Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn, one forty one to 90.1 Steve, the highest scoring team in the league this week and sitting now at second in the sales division behind Vince's first place, both teams sitting in there at seven and four, um, Tony, I, th- to me, this looks like the team of old out of Steve. What are you seeing?
1: I agree. They're really rounding the form at the right time. Bad news for the rest of the league. Uh, but that That's really, you know, Vince and Steve sitting at the top of that division right now uh, with everything really tight beneath them as well. But Steve ends up getting two wins over Vince's team this year uh, that could loom large uh, come playoff time there. So... It's heating up at the right time. It's scary for the rest of the league.
0: And that'll do it for the opening bell presented by Dunder Mifflin paper company incorporated. All right, Tony, we pay our interns to do, you know, certain things for our podcast. And one of those things we do is we pay Dave to do his ABCs to the ACT and to do his NFL news segment. And, you know, This is why if you want something done right, you just do it yourself. Dave coming up with some lame excuse why he couldn't be on the podcast this week. Uh, you know, so you're not going to have an ABC, the ACT, sorry, Ty, you're going to have to study on your own and he's not going to introduce these NFL news stories. Um, Tony, I'm just, I'm not sure he should even stay on the, stay on the squad.
1: It's really tough because this week you had Vince out there in Belgium, just building the brand for us. And, uh, uh, Dave, back here in the States, just, uh, you know, not his best effort this week. We need him to get back on board next week and do double the work, really, to to atone for this.
0: Yeah, because you know what, Tony? We have a giant NFL news segment. Finally, a giant one. Tony, Gronk Watch.
1: Hit that button.
2: He's the Gronk when he's out on the field.
0: Hey, Gronk, I need you. This is Gronk watch. That is the greatest button we have is the Gronk watch button. I absolutely love it. But what I don't love Tony is Gronk building up my hopes, my dreams saying, I have this big announcement I'm going to drop tomorrow. And then I see Gronk in his shoulder pads and in his Jersey on the commercial. I see Gronk weighing coming back to the NFL To give one more Super Bowl run. I was wearing my Rob Gronkowski jersey as he said it. He's going to be at the Super Bowl, Tony. But not on the field. He's going to be hosting a music festival called Gronk Beach. Look like a terrible outtake from 22 Jump Street, where Channing Tatum has his Sons Out, Guns Out shirt on as they're partying it up in Mexico. Uh, and Gronk looked like he fit in that, that movie set, not like a guy who's going to come back for another Super Bowl run. Um, so Gronk officially saying he's not coming back this year and instead is going to host a music festival at the super bowl tony what's your take on all this
1: well derek i'm sorry for your loss on this one i really am i know uh, how much this meant to you and uh, how much it hurts uh that you're not going to be able to see that gronk jersey that you love so much running around there on the field uh possibly in the super bowl again this year he's going to be on the sideline wearing the the sun's out guns out tank top and uh doing his gronk thing and i think if, if we're if we're being realistic here, the Shanning Tatum character was based off a of Gronk anyway, uh, so it it really it really makes sense. Um, really hurts for the Patriots because I think they could really use Gronk. You know that offense has not been what it's been in the past. They've really been surviving off of their defense for most of the year uh, and scraping together wins uh, late uh, with one or two drives a game, but haven't really been consistently moving the ball. And as their schedule gets tougher here. I think that's going to loom a little bit larger for him here, but uh, no reprieve coming around the mountain for him this year. Uh, Gronk will not be on a field for him. Uh, He's going to be putting on a music concert or a music festival. um, Hopefully not with Ja Rule. We've seen how that works before. Um, (laughs) Bad news for Belichick and the boys. They're going to have to do it without him this time around.
0: Now, the one thing I'll say... Is that during at the end of this Gronk says, you know, OK, 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 we'll call an audible, but just for this year. Tony, am I reading too much into that or was that a a, a look into where Rob's Rob's psyche is right now that he's going to take this full year off and pull a Jason Witten and look at coming back next year?
1: Well, I know you were reading that through your Gronk-colored glasses there, but I don't think you were the only one who read it that way. I've seen some other uh, highly acclaimed analysts out there reading into it the same exact way that uh, does this mean Gronk comes back in 2020? I think there's a possibility it is. I'm sure he really misses the game, and I'm sure having a year off to just rest and relax and not take hits has probably done wonders for his back uh, and the rest of the ailments that were really starting to – to pile up there year after year. So do I believe there's a chance he comes back next year? I do. I I really thought there was a chance he'd come back this year. And I'm kind of surprised uh, once it comes down here, down to the stretch, and he sees that the Patriots are sitting there uh, with one loss and primed for a playoff run again that he's – uh, not taking the bait and coming back, but I think there's definitely a shot he comes back next year. So don't don't you go and throw that jersey into the goodwill pile just yet, because I think it might be coming back around.
0: Tony, that 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 jersey will never be in the goodwill pile. I will I will be a Gronk fan till the day I die. But I, I, I'll say this: I find it interesting. The most interesting thing I found is Bill Belichick's reaction to the Gronk stuff. Bill Belichick, you would expect him to say, you know, hey, we're we're worried about the guys who are in the locker room. Um, You know, we wish Rob nothing but the best, you know, in his normal Bill Belichick voice. But but he isn't doing that. He's kind of joking around about the Gronkowski situation, which we don't normally see from him. We're seeing a lot of of these these things between Tom Brady and Bill. And, you know, nobody really from the Patriots ever talks about it. But everybody outside the Patriots seems to talk about it. There's a lot of stuff going around this year about Tom Brady, you know, selling off his house and his trainer selling his house. And, you know, is he going to go out and play in L.A.? And just, just all kinds of different things there. <clears throat> so, you know, Gronk hasn't filed his retirement paperwork, which at the end of the day is more formality than anything else. It doesn't mean anything that he hasn't done it. It wouldn't really mean anything if he did file his paperwork. Um, but but ultimately, I just I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that he's coming back. Is it next year? Is it the year after that? You know, he's 30. He's not he's not too old to come back, but he's approaching it. He's taken some big hits throughout his career. And, uh, you know, how many more years does he have left? Say what you will. I know he seems to be enjoying life, but the these football players There's something special about them that make them tick. And I don't get the feeling it's an Andrew Luck where he's fallen out of love with the game. I think it truly was a, hey, let me take a gap here. Let me figure out what I want out of life. And, you know, I think he's a he's toying with us too much for him to be done with football.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point, too, though, when you're talking about Belichick and Brady's uh demeanors this year regarding um hurting gronk just regarding the way they go about their business in general they've they've each been a little more loose than uh they have been in the past and you know there's there's rumblings out there about brady this offseason not even so much on the retirement front but brady's gonna be a free agent after this year and there's some people really out there in the know some Some people that are analysts, some people that talk with the team that think there's a chance he goes to a different team and takes advantage of that free agent opportunity. I'm not sure I'm one of them. This is probably a discussion for another NFL news segment because I'm sure the story is only going to heat up as we go deeper into this season. But it's something to think about, you know. Would Gronk come back to the Patriots if Brady's not there? Uh, Now that I'm not so positive of.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, like I said, cautiously optimistic. The the Patriots the whole thing looks kind of like a mess right now, um, and at the end of the day, nobody inside is going to say anything. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens and then what that all means. But let's move on, Tony Miles Garrett. We saw what happened on Thursday. I don't think there's any need to recap that, but. Some new things came out. So he officially appealed his suspension, his indefinite suspension. And two big things came out of that. First thing, the suspension was upheld, which was a little bit surprising to me that the indefinite portion of it upheld. Not surprised that it upheld that he, A, had a suspension and B, it was for at least the rest of the year. I figured those were were done. I am surprised that there wasn't a game number put on that suspension. It is still indefinite. I I don't know exactly how many games I thought he should get. When we talked, it was at least the rest of this year. Um, You know, I think think the magic number is four for next year. I think he has four games out. So that's six this year, four next year for 10 games total providing they don't make the playoffs, and I don't think they will. But the second piece of this that came out was that Miles Garrett is saying that Mason Rudolph said a racial slur, and that is what led Myles Garrett to essentially um, lose his judgment and rip off his helmet and hit him with it. So NFL says... We have no evidence of that. And Mason Rudolph, through the Steelers, has vehemently denied it. so, tony, i'm not I'm not gonna we're not gonna break into this racial slur thing um, until there's more news on it. At this point, it's an allegation and a messy one at that. But uh, are you surprised about the the suspension itself? Um, the indefinite portion of it and the fact that there's no real clue for how long this is going to go.
1: Not really, because I think I have a good feel of where the NFL is trying to go with this. They're trying to, um, their, their, their goal in all of this is to make sure Garrett misses the rest of the season period. They don't, I don't think uh, in their heart of hearts, they really want this suspension to go into next season. Now, if they go and put, a game number on that say they put six games uh, what if the Browns do take advantage of this week schedule that they have down the stretch and do make the playoffs now all of a sudden Miles Garrett is back there for that divisional week game first round of the playoffs fresh that is not what the NFL wants they don't want him back this year but I think they also don't want to come out and say it's seven games uh, and then the Browns don't make the playoffs, and all of a sudden you have this awkward situation where he has to miss the first game of next season. So I really think that they're trying to uh, just handle it in a way where he's only going to be out for the rest of this season, and they can uh, reinstate him next year so he's back uh, ready to go for the beginning of next season. I don't get the impression they want this to go into next year. Uh, what he did was horrible. Uh, one of the worst things I've seen on a football field, uh, but Miles Garrett is not a guy who has a track record with the league. Uh, he is not a Vontaze perfect. Uh, he, he's not somebody like that. And I don't think they want to punish him as if he is, uh, but they definitely don't want him back on a field this year. And I don't blame them for that. Um, the, the allegations that came out today from Miles regarding the racial slur. Um, that stuff is going to iron itself out because there are microphones all over those football fields, especially for a Thursday night, primetime game like that. Uh, We're probably days, uh, maybe a week or two away from TMZ getting their hands on that uh, to prove or disprove that. So we're not going to get into the details here because we don't have information on it and we're not going to speculate. But I I think the suspension for miles Garrett was warranted. At the end of the day, you, Cannot take it a, a helmet off and hit somebody with it. Um, and looking at the rest of the uh, the suspensions, I agreed with uh, the pounce. He's getting reduced from three to two. Um, you know, he he also was in the heat of the moment there. Somebody's attacking his quarterback. Uh, it's hard to blame him there. Uh, I would have done the same thing. Uh, and. Honestly, I probably would have suspended uh, both Ogan Joby and Rudolph for two games as well, just to make sure that they weren't in in there for the next Brown Steelers game when it comes around, because I think having those guys back then, specifically Rudolph, is asking for trouble. Uh, I think the game on December 1st here could be even messier than the first. It's not going to take much of a spark to light that fire.
0: Well, and Tony, the Mason Rudolph lack of suspension is really interesting to me because it's, I think Mason Rudolph reacting to the, the unnecessary roughness of Miles Garrett finishing that tackle. It was really unnecessary, especially in garbage time, but Mason Rudolph ends up, uh, kicking Miles Garrett below the belt, which seems to be one of the things that set miles off, um, you know, plus or minus this racial slur, we don't know. Like you said, we, we'll find out potentially in the near future. But let's go off of what we know today, and that that there was no nothing said um, to those to those extremes. Are you surprised? And I, I guess you've already said it because you expected there would be a, a suspension for Miles or for Mason Rudolph. But are you surprised that pretty much there was really nothing for Mason Rudolph?
1: Very. And the more I think about it. I'm, I'm thinking the NFL is just covering themselves here because they didn't want Rudolph and his camp to take legal action against Garrett or the Browns or anything. So they didn't come down on him uh, with missing games and missing uh, game checks. That's really the only thing I can I can suspect that drove their decision there, because uh, if you look at the tape there, uh, yeah, Garrett started it. But Rudolph escalates this twice. Uh, you know, I, I think in the NFL and, and it seems like this has normally been the case. You, you hold your quarterbacks to a higher standard than uh, most other players out there. You know, they're the face of your team. Even if they're not the starter, uh, they're the one that's out there taking the snaps for your team. And you're kind of the face of the franchise. If, if you're out there in the field for them, um, you can't have your quarterback acting like that. I, I know you don't want to get hit late. I know tempers are flaring a little bit. Um, but, I mean, he charges after him. You can see all the still photos of this. It's just a really, really bad look for a quarterback in the league. So, yeah, I was shocked he didn't get suspended. I don't don't know where you were, where you fell with it, but um, I thought for sure he'd at least get a game. Um, I I mentioned two, just mainly for the fact, because I I thought they would try to get those guys that were involved in this out of the next Brown Steelers game. Uh, But at least a game, I thought, was coming for him.
0: Yeah, I think if Chobi gets a game for pushing Rudolph down, uh, Rudolph should have definitely gotten at least some type of suspension. Uh, He wasn't even ejected from the game as it was happening. But I think this is where, when you're a quarterback, you get benefit of the doubt. When you're the backup quarterback, you get even more benefit of the doubt. You know, Mason Rudolph plays for a team in Pittsburgh who is is generally a very well followed team and you don't want third string quarterback coming in again for the Steelers. I think I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I, I'm not going to sit there and say the NFL has it out against the Browns or they have it, you know, they're trying to to promote Pittsburgh, but I think they are trying to promote quarterbacks. I think their track record of, penalties and all of that and making the game uh, say a little easier for the quarterbacks has been, has been documented, well-documented. And I think Mason Rudolph benefited from that mindset here this week.
1: Yeah, you could be right on that. You really could. Um, Quarterbacks do tend to get the benefit of the doubt in the league, specifically when they play for uh, blue blood franchises out there, like, like Pittsburgh, um, at the end of the day, I have to think, really, the Browns are probably glad he's still out there because Rudolph was dreadful in that game last <laughs> Thursday. So you get to face him twice now. Um, but I, I really think that defensive line and uh, whatever blitz packages they have rolling up for them, they're going to be coming after Rudolph hard. I think there's a lot of players in that defense that are pretty pretty upset with the way things transpired this past week uh, through the NFL system. Um, that, that is going to be an even more hard-hitting game. Uh, the second time around that it was the first time, but what an action packed season for the Browns this year and a year where, uh, you know, things are starting to turn around. You can see them starting to make some progress there. Uh, I mean, you could just see the look of disgust on Freddie kitchen's face in that post-game press conference because they have really made some good adjustments in the last couple games since the bye. They've stopped turning the ball over left and right. They've stopped committing all the penalties. They fixed a lot of the undisciplined transgressions, and then you have something like this happen at the end of the game with eight seconds left that just undoes all of it. Uh, You could definitely see the frustration on his face there, but it has been a hell of a year for the Browns, and uh, hard to believe there's six more games of it.
0: Yeah, honestly, as a Browns fan, I'm not really looking forward to this rematch against Pittsburgh um, because we've seen that when faced with a little bit of adversity, the Browns just collapse and I, I don't think, I think the Steelers are a much more disciplined team. They're going to be in a lot better position to handle this rematch. And I think the Browns are just going to implode. It's going to be hard hitting, but it's going to be dirty hitting. It's going to be unnecessary roughness, late hits, um, all the things that the Browns have been doing this year. Uh, I, I'm not looking forward to it from that aspect of it. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Don't get me wrong, but it, uh, it's going to be rough.
1: Yep, but if you think of it this way, you know, all of the good AFC North games over the past decade, the Raven Steelers, Steelers, Bengals, uh, all those games have been like that. They've been chippy. They've been borderline dirty. Um, it's and one side, it, it's welcome to the AFC North uh, and, you know, competing for titles for the Browns because now they're finally relevant and they're taking part in some of it. Not excusing on a lot of it, but that is just AFC North football at its finest.
0: And that'll do it for our NFL news segment. I was excited to bring back Gronk Watch. Unfortunately, I was hoping it would be to announce his comeback. Stick with us. Hey there, Frosty Podcast listeners. I'm here to interrupt this episode to tell you about something that Tony and I are extremely excited about. Frosty Podcast is going on tour we're calling it Frosty Live and we're coming to a city near you. We're going to be talking about football, we're going to be talking about the fantasy league, we're going to be talking about ACT. We're going to be talking about as much as we can cram into a 2-hour segment with a lot of laughs all around and some special guest coaches from around the league. Do not miss this opportunity to catch up with us and see what's happening in the off season. Get your tickets today at TicketGeek.com slash Frosty. Now there's going to be a section for a promo code, and there you're going to put Tony. That's TicketGeek.com slash Frosty, promo code Tony, which gets you 20% off those tickets. We can't wait to see you there. That's Frosty Live coming to a city near you. So far, we have Youngstown, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Dallas, St. Louis, Seattle, and Toronto. That's right. We're going international. More cities to come. Again, get those tickets. Ticketgeek.com slash Frosty promo code TONY. Now back to the podcast. Next up here, Tony. We have the ACT Power Rankings, presented by the Basement Fitness, official gym of the Letterkenny Irish and Shamrocks for over 200 years. And Tony, I have a list of the teams that are locked to be in the Toilet Bowl playoffs. Are you ready?
1: Let's hear it, Derek.
0: Well, you sound enthusiastic, but you might not be after I tell you my number four team. Tony Perennis, Nooks, and Fannies. They're currently sitting at six and five, tied for first in the warehouse division. But I don't think that's going to last. I think they are going to lose. They're You're on a three-game losing streak. I'm going to say it's going to go to four potentially this week. And I have you sitting in there at that number four spot.
1: Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Derek. Uh, I, I know my team has been rough. I I know better than anybody that they've been really, really bad the last couple weeks. Um, you know, just had had some really unlucky situations with buys. Uh, and then that nasty injury bug reared his ugly head finally. I'd staved it off for most of the season specifically with that deal I made with Vince a couple weeks ago, trading away Odell Beckham uh, for three guys that I expected to play quite a bit for me. And all three of them promptly got injured and I've gotten a total of two quarters out of three guys at this point. Um, it's it's hard, hard to win that way, but I still like my schedule right now. I think there's a, uh, lot of good matchups on the horizon. That Eagles schedule finally gets better. That helps Wentz and Ertz. Uh, Kamara is starting to get healthy again and is starting to get a lot of touches. It's only a matter of time before those end up in the end zone. Uh, I think the tide is going to start turning around for me. That's what I've been banking on for a while here. For my number four spot, I'm going to throw this name out there. It's a name that we have not talked about in this territory at all up to this point. Charlie Thurber's Capital Expenditures. You know, They've quietly... Cooled off quite a bit over the past couple weeks. And if you look at the overall standings, as far as uh, points scored goes, he's still sitting there at the second lowest. So if he gets into a situation where he has to uh, hope for some tiebreakers, he's not going to win them. And that's the situation he finds himself in right now. Um, I'm not sure whatever the opposite of controls your own destiny is. That's where his team is right now. As far as the ACT playoffs go, I have his team at number four. He's got a, he's got a nice matchup uh, with Tyler Kerr, Cyberdyne systems coming up this week that he needs to win because uh, it's Rocky top rumble round two in week 13. And then Steve's team is heating up quick. So he needs this victory to keep himself out of it.
0: Yeah. I think ultimately he gets this victory Um, you are going up against Kevin Hewlett week and then Tim Taft. So I think you guys are both going to go one and one. Um, And at that point, you guys are both at the same record. So it it may come down to some points. And at that point, you do have it. But uh, I'm not as confident, Tony. I think you might drop both these games and we'll see what happens. Next up, sitting there at number three is Kalen Kings, four and seven prestige worldwide they only scoring 1300 points which is in the lower group of points for total and ultimately uh you know kind of sitting there pretty solidly in the in the toilet bowl playoffs both you and kevin are above them in the In the division, if both of you guys lose your next two games, which you can't because you play each other, somebody's got to win that one. Kalen could come back, but I don't think he does. This week he takes on Tim Taft, which I think could be a win, and then Cyberdyne Systems against Tyler Kerr could also be a win. Both those teams are pretty bad. He's got a pretty easy rest of his schedule. But Kalen's team, often underperforming, you can't really say he's a guarantee to beat anybody at this point. Um, So I have Kalen sitting there at number three. Uh, How do you feel about that, Tony?
1: I'm going to agree with you on that one. I have him in my number three slot as well. His team has just really underperformed all season. Um, Still seeing remnants of that. They started out hot. He came on the show, started talking playoffs, and uh, his team was struck down very quickly after that. And they really have had a hard time recovering. They put together a two-game win streak there uh, for a little bit and then got knocked right back down by Kevin huolo's uh, law office's squad this past week. Um, he has, has himself some toilet bowl preview matchups in the next two weeks with Tim and Tyler's squad. He hasn't. Uh, completely wrapped up this spot yet but if he loses this week or if my team wins uh that spot is solidified so um he really needs a miracle to get himself out of it
0: you see that ball from uh deshaun to hopkins
1: fuck yes
0: Dude, there was
1: nobody <laughs> if
0: to nobody like yards to hopkins maybe Holy cover crap.
1: that guy God,
0: <laughs> the guy you should be double covering
1: yeah holy shit Let anybody but him catch it
0: <laughs> what did that safety do oh good work by watson he looked at he looked that safety over to where there was nobody
2: oh. yeah. wow that
1: corner should have been deepening though yeah but the Desha- uh, yeah. show.
0: <laughs> oh that safety started dipping over there wasn't even a receiver over there wow Deshaun Watson, what a play. Number two, Tony, I have Tim Taft's three and eight, the Green Dragon. And I think there's some argument that they could be sitting there at number one, but I'm going to put them there at number two. Uh, Tim goes up this week against Kalen King's squad and then takes on your Nooks and Fannies. Um, So both games, I would say, are a little bit of a toss-up. Tim seems to be kind of throwing in the towel a bit, looking more for, I think, keeper value for next year. But I think he also wants to try to protect some seeding here. And he's going to give you his best effort these last two weeks leading up to the toilet bowl playoffs. So I think he's definitely a lock for the toilet bowl playoffs. But I have him in there at number two, not quite at our dreaded number one position.
1: I have this opposite of you. I have uh, Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems there at number two. Um, I think he's got some components there to really build around. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback, who isn't having to play him this week with them going up against the Niners. But uh, looking to future weeks, I think that's going to be a big asset for him. Uh, Tim's already begun selling off some pieces of his squad uh, to start preparing for next year. He's hoping he has enough to get through the toilet bowl gauntlet. Um, right now, I think if you put these two teams together, um, I think I'd give Tyler a slight nod, and that's why I have him at number two.
0: Um, and then no spoiler here, I have uh, I have Ty at number one. Uh, at this point, he's still the lowest scorer in the league. Um, I think his team has been a team of destiny. Uh, I know. That you're you're struggling with this since he just beat your team, but um, and by by six points. But I think he goes up against Charlie Thurber this week, Kalen King next week. I don't think he gets victories in either of those, and he's like I said, the lowest. I think he ends up sitting in that number one position and pretty much a lock to be taking that ACT in a few months. Um, Tony, obviously, I know you uh, you feel opposite of this. But uh, do you think there's any real hope that Ty isn't the one taking the ACT?
1: I think there definitely is. I think Tim's team has been equally disappointing down the stretch here. Um, I I plan in the next couple of weeks, whenever I get a free moment, to start putting together some analysis to look at um, projections uh, for teams on a week-to-week basis and where they finish and also projections for players. I have a feeling that the analysis is going to show me that David Johnson is maybe the most disappointing player in fantasy football this year, Um, especially given the amount that Tim spent on him, $62 to keep him. And he's essentially been benched by the Cardinals at this point. He's getting nothing out of him, not even, not even an injury situation at this point, or at least we don't expect it is. Um, I think that's going to land him, you know, in very dangerous territory and, it could be those two squaring off for it in that Enron toilet bowl when it's all said and done.
0: Who do you think does better in the toilet bowl? I'm sorry. So they have to take the ACT. Let me rephrase that. Who do you think does better with the ACT, Tim or Ty? I
1: think, I think Tim bounces back a little better from the hangover. Um, and I, I think he would study up a little bit more than Ty. I think I see Ty coming in and winging it a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Tim. What about you?
0: I found out an interesting piece of, of information recently. And not that we compare the intellect of our friends, because um, I think Dave Peschen loses that battle every time. But Tyler Kerr in high school scores a 30 on the ACT. I don't know what Tim scored. Um, I know it was it was a good score. I'm not, I'm not calling Tim dumb or anything like that. Tim, I think you're you're very intelligent. Uh, I don't think Tim scored a 30. The question is, of course, uh, d- how much of that is applicable to today, and that I don't know. But Tyler Kerr, surprisingly, very smart. Uh, so I think. I think Ty would do a little bit better on the test itself. I'm with you. I think Tim would bounce it back a little better. But Tim's biggest benefit has always been being a BSer. And there's no writing section here. So it truly is just going to be answering the questions. I can tell you from our time in the one math class we had together, it was Tim, Dave, and I. Uh, Tim. I would say probably third place when it came to math intellect on that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going Ty.
1: Yeah, math not a strong suit for Tim. I, I can vouch on that one. And I'm sure Ty will be uh, very ecstatic to hear that you mentioned that he's surprisingly smart, Derek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I told him, I was like, I didn't think you were dumb, but I didn't think you were like that smart. And, uh, yeah, he didn't take that well. <laughs> But I don't. I still don't think he listens to the podcast, so he uh, he won't hear this. So that's good. Yeah, we're probably safe. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that'll do it for our long drawn out ACT power rankings presented by the Basement Fitness, official gym of the Letterkenny Irish and Shamrocks for over two hundred years. All right, Tony. Second to last week before the new season starts over and we get into playoffs. Who can clinch playoffs this week, or who clinches Toilet Bowl this week for our playoff scenarios?
1: Well, let's start off with what's been clinched already. Uh, we're going to start on the high end of that for the playoffs. Um, it was it was a long shot to happen, but he had the right things occur. Uh, and right now, if you look at the next two weeks with some of the matchups that exist there, it'd be... Uh, virtually impossible for him to not make the playoffs. So Vince Gorgonzola, congratulations. You have clinched yourself a playoff berth, and now it comes down to trying to get that sales team championship. Um, We'll get into that in a second, but also on the toilet bowl side, uh, Tyler Kerr and Tim Taff have both punched their tickets to the ACT playoffs at this point. Uh, Ty got a big win against my squad, but it wasn't enough to save him. Didn't get the other losses that he needed and uh, Tim ends up losing another game and puts him square in his territory. He's sitting in the last position right now and looking like he might be the 10th seed uh, if he can't get himself a win or two in these last couple of weeks. So looking at the scenarios going forward, just go player by player for Vince Gorgonzola. He can clinch the sales team championship with a win. Uh, plain and simple. Um, but with the rest of the division being really, really tight, if he loses, uh, there does not exist a situation where he can clinch it. Steve can clinch his playoff berth with a win or a loss by either Charlie or myself. Kevin Hulik on we go over to the warehouse division side. Uh, big, big matchup. It's our game of the week. Kevin's lofts, is all Goodman against my nooks and fannies um both of us sitting at six and five he is in the driver's seat right now he clinches a playoff berth with a win or a loss by charlie thurber's capital expenditures and he clinches the warehouse division championship with a win looking at my team uh i can clinch a playoff berth with a win and a loss by capital expenditures and then i can take the uh I can be the front runner again for that warehouse division if I beat Kevin. So this, this matchup essentially for the warehouse division championship going into uh, week 13. If Kevin wins it, he clinches it. If I win it, I'm in the driver's seat again. So big, big week uh, for both of our teams there. Going back over to the sales team division where things are packed tight right now. Uh, Dave Super Sack can clinch the playoff with a win or a loss by Charlie as can Joe um, and then Charlie, right now, he is in a front runner spot right now to end up with that last ACT playoff berth. If he loses, uh, he clinches that spot. Uh, Kalen, also as I mentioned before, can clinch an ACT playoff berth with a loss uh, or a win by my my team Nooks and Fannies. So there's a lot up for grabs this week. It is uh, very very possible that in the sales team division you could have all five teams tied to seven and five going into the last uh, week of the season there. Uh, so a lot of big matchups going into this week. Um, what are you looking forward to the most there, Derek?
2: I
0: am looking forward to some of these teams really clinching and that sales division being so close, uh, really seeing who is going to separate themselves out and, and, and really, you know, it's up, it's up for grabs. And this is this is what you love here. You play the entire season for it to come down to the last two weeks, and you know all of everything that's gone on from the draft, the keepers, uh, and everything to come down to essentially everybody's at an even slate. And what can you do in these next two games with major rivalries? I know we talked about we we unveiled the uh, the schedule. And next week is nothing but rivalries. It is the biggest game of the season for the vast majority of our teams. And to know that for a lot of them, it's going to have playoff implications, bye week implications. Uh, It's going to be a major showdown and I, I can't wait for it. I'm just, I'm excited. This, this is why we have the podcast is to get hype for this week, next week, uh, these are the best two weeks of the season.
1: Completely agree. It, it's possible, uh, probable even, that that last uh, member going into the ACT playoffs could go in with a 7-6 and six record. So things are just that tight right now. Um, hard to believe um, that there's so much at stake going into these last two weeks, but hardly anything is wrapped up, especially in that playoff seed right now. We, we don't have any of the buys. Wrapped up yet? Uh, could possibly have some after this week, um, but there's a lot of for grabs. If the season ended today, your buys would be Grandpa's Cheese Barn and Lofts, Saul Goodman sitting there one and two, and then you would have Steve's EBDB BNB against uh, my squad, the Nooks and Fannies, as a three-six matchup, and then in the four-five matchup, you would have what would essentially be a rematch of a Week 13 matchup would be Super SAC, Dave Peston's team versus Footloose Prosthetics, Joe's squad. Um, they will face off in week 13. Uh, could possibly end up seeing each other back-to-back weeks. And then the toilet bowl playoffs, you have 7-10 spot. You would have capital expenditures versus Green Dragon. And then 8-9, uh, you'd have the Rumpus in Columbus, round three. Prestige Worldwide and Cyberdyne systems. So, uh, these are obviously just... Uh, you know, just just your heads right now. There's going to be a lot of for grabs these last two weeks. It's exciting to see.
0: Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm really excited, uh, and we'll we'll see what happens. And that'll do it for playoff scenarios. Uh, stick with us.
1: Whoa! Did you feel that that rumble that shook the whole room? No. Well, that's because nothing actually happened. Were you prepared if it did? What I mean by that is, what are you going to do if a volcano comes for you? You need to protect yourself with volcano insurance from Jim Kaplan Insurance. Jim has been in the insurance game for a full three weeks and considers himself an expert on all insurance topics, most notably volcano insurance. The insider knowledge that Jim has gained from his uncle's friend's neighbor tells him that a big volcano is coming our way. Don't be caught with your pants down, as I guarantee you that your standard homeowners policy doesn't protect you from lava and calderas and other volcano-y stuff. You too have an uncle, and you too need to protect yourself against the one in six million chance that a volcano hits right here in Ohio. Because let's face it, we're due. Call up Jim Kaplan at one eight hundred Hot Stuff at H O T S T U F to get your free quote today. That's Jim Kaplan Insurance. Where peace of mind is none of our business.
0: Next up on the Frosty Podcast, we have The Forecast, presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. Joining us for The Forecast is a close friend of the podcast. He's rarely missed an episode. My father, Andy Frost, welcome. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Now, Tony, let the record show. That my father and I competed against each other one time in a fantasy league. Now this was back, uh, really, as fantasy football on the internet was first getting started. I remember I had Ladanian Tomlinson on my roster. Throwback, right? And we, uh, it was a bunch of my dad's friends. We were in this league. I'm real excited. And there's this, there's this mystery team that's showing up on draft day. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody can vouch for them. And uh, as it goes on and on, we still don't know who this mystery team is. And, uh, you know, we didn't really know anything about the waiver wire. So as guys were on bye weeks, as guys got hurt, you just, you know, you just went down a guy. Uh, We didn't know anything. This was before you had live score updates. So you had to wait till the next day for your scores to come in. And when it all shook out, it was Mystery Team as the champion, yours truly as second, and dad is number three. Mystery Team, Tony, ended up being my mother. Wow. Yeah. So, Team Frog. All oh, the hardware in the
1: family, then.
2: Yes. <laughs> I was happy to be in the top three, Tony, but I got to tell you, it hurt. It hurt pretty bad. I bet.
1: I bet. I'm sure you're still grinding that X.
2: I am. A little bit. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's dig in here. In the first game, we have Steve Groover's the EBDBB, and b going up against Dave Pestion's Super Sack. Dave is projected to take this 120.2 to 117.3. This is a matchup in that dreaded sales division where every team is either 7 and 4 or 6 and 5. So we're talking major playoff implications, seeding implications. This is going to be a big one, Tony. Uh, but Dave at this point projected to take that victory 120.2 to 117.3. Dad, who wins this game?
2: This is a tough one. Um <clears throat> I think uh, back when Mary Beth and Doug were on, we were discussing this, what weren't we? back then we
0: were this is a rematch of the
2: Meanderwood melee. yeah, that's that's what uh, and I, I believe uh, we thought uh, Steve came out on top, and then it was Dave, is that right? That's right? Yeah, so uh, I don't know. it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough. Uh, Steve has a large portion of his roster on a bye this week, and uh, I don't like uh, Zeke uh, going up against the Patriot defense. Uh, Dave has a full roster. Uh, Tom Brady called out his offense this week, uh, which was something. And uh, I think I think they may actually step up after after being called out like that. So and Christian McCaffrey is always good. So I uh, I, I'm not really sure it's going to be a tough one, but I think I got to go with Brady and I'm going to go with uh, Dave on this one.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the meanderwood melee was certainly a heated battle last time, you know, as we saw the stat correction was the only thing that separated this game. Uh, you know, and and there's a, there's a lot of bragging rights, you know, there was some talk about, you know, we know Steve's going to be painting the shed, but, uh, you know, is who's going to be painting the fence. We're going to have, you know, maybe an added layer to that, to that bet, but I'm with you here. Uh, you know, that, Cowboys going up the page, going up against the Patriots has a lot of implication here with Zeke on one side with Tom Brady on the other. Christian McCaffrey's going to do Christian McCaffrey things. I like Jarvis Landry going up against that Miami defense. And honestly, I don't really like the Joe Mixon here sitting in that in that running back spot for Groover going up against Pittsburgh. Cincinnati's a bad team. We don't I don't really trust Mixon. So I'm with you here. I'm taking Dave as well. Tony, is this a, a clean sweep?
1: Paint that shed. Paint that shed. <laughs> I'm going to go with the clean sweep on this one. I I think Steve gets hit pretty hard with the buys this week. Uh, missing Dalvin Cook is going to be huge. Zeke going up there in Foxborough. I think that Cowboy Patriot game could be downright ugly for fantasy. I'm not sure either squad really matches up well with, the, with each other. Um, but just looking at Dave's lineup, I think McCaffrey does his, his usual ordeal there and puts up 20-plus points. Uh, Carson could possibly get in the end zone against the Eagles, though they've been pretty stingy against running backs. But uh, And I think that Steelers' defense bounces back big time against Cincy. I'm taking Dave for the sweep. No stat correction needed.
0: <laughs> Next up, we have Joe Reedy's Footloose Prosthetics, Going up against Vince Gorgonzola's grandpa's cheese barn, another sales division matchup. And in this one, Joe Reedy, surprisingly, is projected to take this 115.1 to 112.9. And everything we said with the last game stands. Um as far as oh, excuse me, as far as bye week implications, as far as playoff implications. Vince is on a two game losing streak and Joe has turned it around and finds himself on a three game win streak. So do these streaks continue or does, uh, is Vince able to pull out the victory?
2: This is tough for me. Uh, I think, uh, I think Joe's streak is hot and I, I like, I like that. Uh, but the problem is I like cheese. So, uh, I think I'm, I think <laughs> it's, it's really, really just a tough decision for me, but, uh, Again, I think the two teams are really close, and and nobody's really jumping out. Uh, Saquon uh, should do well against uh, Chicago, and Darius is back uh, for the first time since week one, and uh, we'll have to see how he does. On the other hand, uh, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, and uh, he's expected to have a big game, and I think he will as well. Uh, The rest of Joe's roster looks uh, mediocre at best. And uh, he'll need someone to have a big game in order uh, for this to match up. So, I I I just think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson and I'm gonna go with Joe uh, and I'm gonna leave the cheese behind. Interesting call. I figured once you threw the cheese in
0: there, that uh, that was gonna be it. Vince's name has won him a couple picks on this on this show, and uh, a lot of people liking Grandpa's Cheese Barn. Ultimately, though. You know, I I do like teams that are trending, and in that case, it would be Joe. However, Vince was top scorer in the league, now second, uh, you know, to to Kevin. But I think Vince's team is going to find a way to do it. Saquon Barkley is going to keep doing great things. Kareem Hunt also going to benefit going up against that Miami defense. Odell Beckham Jr. going up against the Miami defense. So I do like the matchups there on Vince's side. And I think three wins
1: is enough for Joe. This is a tough one here, guys. Uh, both teams hit pretty hard with the buys. I know Vince's squad, he's missing Patrick Mahomes this game. On Joe's side, he's missing Tyreek Hill, who uh, may or may not have been active had they actually been playing this week, given uh, his reaggravation of the hamstring injury last week. But also missing Keenan Allen. So missing his top two receivers this week. Um, Just looking at the matchups here, I I think on Vince's side, he's got Hunt and Beckham going for the Browns. It's a very good matchup for the Browns with the Dolphins coming to town. My only concern there is that I have a feeling it's going to be hard for both of them to go off there. I I think that game ends up being a little more of a running game, probably going to favor Hunt. Uh, and on the other side, I think this might be the week where Le'Veon Bell finally wins Joe a week. We've been waiting for this all year. He's been very average, slightly above average, really not, not what you pay 50 plus dollars for him to do. I think Russell Wilson's got a great matchup against Philly. And then I think Le'Veon Bell finally goes off for multiple touchdowns this week. I'm going to go with Joe. And I think the muddy waters of that sales team division are going to get even muddier heading into the last week.
0: Next up here we have uh, division we're going outside of the divisions, and we have a interdivision rivalry between Tyler Kerr's Cyberdyne Systems and that amazing logo against Charlie Thurber's capital expenditures. Uh, Ty, as we mentioned, has cashed in his check for the Toilet Bowl playoffs. Uh, Charlie sitting there at six and five in the sales division. Could go either way. Uh, At this point, Ty does not have his defense in there, so these projections are a little bit off. But right now, Charlie projected to win 122.3 to Tyler Kerr's 101.4. Ty does have Jags defense on the bench, who is projected for seven. So we can expect that number will be closer to 108, but still projected to be quite a difference there. Um, so dad, how's this game going to go?
2: Well, uh, I think Charlie's, uh, roster looks better overall. Um, I am a little, I am not sure how to go with this with Cleveland, uh, coming off of the, everything that happened last weekend. Uh, so I, am not sure how Baker's going to play. Um, uh, again, that's one of the, uh, that's one of the unknowns for me. Uh, he is going against the Miami defense though. Uh, so I think he has a chance to to regroup, uh, and I think I think he'll 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 get him some points this time. Um, so I think, with all that said, I believe uh, I'm going to go with Charlie on this one. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you here.
0: I think, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see what it's going to be interesting to see how Cleveland responds based off of what happened last week. Um, we were recording on Thursday. Miles Garrett's suspension was just upheld. I, I think the Browns are going to be able to use that to really motivate their team into doing some big things this weekend. But it, it really is going to depend. That is a that is a team as we talked about that does not have a great leader. Miles Garrett may have been that guy, and so they're going to be without him. So I, I don't I don't know how they're going to respond. But I think it's this type of of situation where leaders will rise to the top. And if that happens, then I look for a statement game from Cleveland and namely Baker Mayfield. On the other side though, you know, Jacoby Brissett, that that Colts offense has been kind of underrated. He's a 20th ranked quarterback. You know, he's battled through some stuff this year. Going up against the Houston defense, you know, on a Thursday night game in prime time. We'll see how it goes. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's enough. I don't think Ty has what it takes to win this game, and I'm with you. I'm going, Charlie. How about you, Tony?
1: As you mentioned earlier, like Charlie's really painted himself into a corner here with this six and five record. He's uh, if, if the playoffs started today, he would be on the outside looking in it's because of where he's been from a point standpoint, just has not been putting up points on a week to week basis. But he may have gotten the medicine he needed in facing Tyler Kerr squad, specifically on a week when the Rams are facing the Ravens. His top receiver, Mari Cooper, is facing the Patriots, who are particularly stingy against the passing game. Just looking at Ty's team right now, all of his best players have pretty tricky matchups this week. I think he's going to have a hard time putting together back-to-back wins. I think Charlie gets a much-needed victory here to jettison him back up into the playoff mix.
0: Next up here, we have a warehouse rivalry between Tim Taft's 3-8 The Green Dragon and Kalen King's 4-7 Prestige Worldwide. Tim has really been struggling as of late and finds himself on a five-game losing streak. And, uh, you know, looking on the Discord app... He's been looking for more of keeper value than he is in a win now mentality, uh, and so he's pretty much all but cashed his check into that toilet bowl playoff. Um, but Dad, do you think this is the this is the week that Tim's able to break that losing streak, or does uh, Kalen
2: take a victory here? I think it all is going to come down to the bye weeks. Uh, I think that's what, what's going to play the difference in this uh, in this matchup. Um, you have David uh, Johnson. He's on a bye for Tim, and uh, you have a Kansas City group who's on a bye for Kalen. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I think that's going to impact uh, what the normal what we would do normally with these two teams. Um, I I do like Matt Ryan. Um, I think he's going to get some points, and I believe Nick Chubb uh, is going to uh, after again after what they dealt with last weekend. I think Nick Chubb. Uh, should be able to come out and, and get some points. So uh, I think I gotta go with Kalen on this.
0: It's really hard to pick Tim right now, being that he seems to pretty much have have written off his season and I don't think Kalen has it in him to write off a season. Uh, I think he's gonna be fighting until the bitter end. Uh, you know, Tim Tim's roster has struggled He's got some some guys in there. player ranking, you know, Devin Singletary, 40, Devontae Adams, 50, uh, especially going up, uh, you know, Devontae Adams going up against that San Francisco defense at San Francisco is always a difficult one. Josh Allen going up against Denver. I do like that matchup. But Matt Ryan going up against Tampa Bay, I like even more. Adrian Peterson is a is an interesting one here because Darius Geis has come back as we talked about earlier and with Geis coming back, it's going to cut into Peterson's carries. So we'll see how he does, but Nick Chubb, you know, with Kareem Hunt coming in, looks like it has only helped Nick Chubb hasn't hurt him at all. So at the end of the day, I'm going with Kalen King as well. And uh, Tim, I think he's pretty much buckled up. He's ready for another another run at that toilet bowl. Tony, where are you at?
1: There's some big seeding at stake here for the ACT playoffs. I know Kalen hasn't officially cashed his check there yet, but he's uh, really, really close. Uh, more of a formality at this point. But I think going into this week, he's got some really nice matchups for some of his best players. And Nick Chubb should eat against Miami this week as a team that has really struggled against the run. Um, especially coming up into Cleveland where it's going to be 40 degrees, uh, not really a climate Miami's used to playing in. I know they're playing well, but this is going to be a whole different ball game for them uh, against a Browns team that I expect will be pretty motivated after all the goings on of last week. And then you have the stack of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones going up against the worst pass defense in the NFL in Tampa Bay. I think this is finally the week Julio Jones gets on the gets in the end zone again. He hasn't scored since week three. I think just too much for Tim to, to overcome here with some of the matchups Kalen has. Tim's going to have to get some of these new parts acclimated after deals with me and with Kevin this week. Uh, I think there's going to be a bit of a feeling out process. I think he hits uh, six straight losses, unfortunately.
0: And yeah, a clean sweep. Next up, Tony... We have our game of the week. This is a matchup between two teams who have been trending the opposite direction. Kevin Hulick's meteoric rise in this league has been well documented. He sits at six and five first in the warehouse division. And if the season ends today, he has a bye in the first round coming from the team who was the worst team in the league. Not that long ago, to a bi-week going into week 12 is ridiculous. Your team, on the other hand, is the exact opposite story. You were starting off fantastically. We thought this is the year that Tony finally figured out fantasy football and Groover has no chance at all of three-peating. And then you just took a giant dump on the rest of the season. Currently on a three-game losing streak... And projected to lose this one as Kevin Hulick, six and five law offices of Saul Goodman are projected to win one twenty eight point seven to one twenty point two. Dad. Kevin Hulick on a five game win streak. Tony on a three game losing streak. Do The streaks continue.
2: I'm torn on this. Uh, I, I don't like streaks. I think streaks all end. It's just when they end. Um, uh, these are two little bit longer streaks. Uh, three, you know, three losses is, uh, is a streak. Uh, but the five wins, uh, is big. So, uh, my gut tells me to go against the, the streaks right now, uh, and, and say Tony. But my problem is, I think this all comes down to defense. Uh, the bills are projected, to, to beat the Patriots, and uh, the Pats are going up against uh, the, the Cowboys. But I think that uh, locker room changed uh, with everything that went on with Brady and all. And I think not only offense, I think the defense as well. So I, I kind of got to go with the Pats on that. Um, and, and I don't know. Uh, I, think it, I think the game comes down to how Belichick's defensive scheme uh, is going to uh, contain the high-flying Cowboys. Uh, I think it's going to work, and I think the defense is going to be big. Uh, it's hard to go against Deshaun Watson. Uh, so, again, uh, my gut tells me to go with Tony, but uh, the stats and everything I'm seeing, um, I think i got to go with Kevin on this. Sorry, Tony.
0: Oh, don't Don't apologize to him. <laughs> this is one of the favorite things that happens. On this on this podcast is when people pick against Tony, with Tony sitting there just having to take it. Uh, it's been really fun to That's do. Very often, yeah, it does happen often, and uh, like I said, it's 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 amongst my favorite things that we do on this podcast. But uh, I might have to disagree with you on this one. I think I don't I don't disagree with anything you said. I think the Patriots defense they're going to keep being the Patriots defense. The question is is How are they going to do against the Dallas Cowboy offense? Bill Belichick is amazing when it comes to defenses. I agree with you. I think the Pats defense responds also to Brady's kind of outburst with frustration with the offense. However, I don't know how much more the Pats defense can do. We saw them come back down to earth when they faced a good offense in the past. And this is amongst the better ones. They're projected at five points. I think that's about right. The Bills defense going up against the Denver offense, Denver struggled. They don't really have much of an identity. Um, I I do think they will win this one out. Um, You know, Alvin Kamara has, has kind of struggled this year for Tony, usually going under his projections, going up against the Carolina defense. I don't love that matchup, Um, but Carson Wentz going against Seattle. Seattle's coming into town, which will help. Going again in Philly, uh, that's going to be that's going to be a big matchup, I think. And ultimately, I think Carson Wentz has enough to beat out Deshaun Watson, who's going up against that Indy defense, who I think is going to show up. I'm taking Tony on this one. Uh, if no other reason, I've always picked against Kevin, and he seems to win now. So, Kevin, this one's for you. I'm taking Tony. Tony, what are your thoughts going into this game?
1: See you hear that, Kevin? Derek's the one hating on you, not me. Just so <laughs> it's noted. <laughs> uh, we've we've talked at length so far in, in this podcast about uh, how both of our teams are going opposite directions here. And we've also talked about how... Uh, looking at uh, the projected points and just the amount of points really on both sides, just the amount of points Kevin's team has been putting up on a consistent basis and going over and above the projection week after week after week. And then on the flip side, the way my team has been projected to score quite a bit on most weeks, uh, projected to win eight out of the 11 weeks so far and has not met the projected points, those uh, those statistical anomalies usually eventually reverse themselves. It's kind of odd for Kevin's to have lasted this long. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful, and I think this might be the week it turns around. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been getting fed the last couple weeks, just hasn't gotten the end zone yet. I, I think there's some positive touchdown regression coming for him. I'm hopeful that uh, I've, been, I've been playing the schedule card all year talking about how the schedule gets better down the stretch for me, how once you're going into the playoffs, some of my guys uh, just have really good matchups. We're finally at that point of the year. This is the time where they need to start turning it around. So I'm very hopeful going to this, into this week. Um, this, this match is for the division. You know, what's happened to this point doesn't matter. It comes down to these last two weeks. So um, let's kick it off, Kevin. <laughs>
0: And that'll do it for The Forecast, presented by Goliath National Bank, the world leader in credit and banking. Dad, thank you very much for joining us.
2: It was my pleasure. I had a good time with this. Tony, hang in there, buddy. Uh, that three games is about to, to end for you, I think. Uh, and, you know, I, I love Kevin. Uh, again, my gut told me that. Stats show me differently. But uh, I'm rooting for you, buddy. Appreciate that. <laughs>
0: And that'll do it for the Frosty Podcast. We are presented by Steel Valley Media on behalf of the Fortune 500 League. I'm your host, Derek Frost. Your co-host is Tony perenni Our overworked and underpaid interns are Dave Pestian and Vincent Gorgonzola. We would like to thank Dad Andy Frost for joining us this week to help us pick. Good luck to all you fantasy owners this week for those of you who are in serious danger of the ACT, be sure to sharpen up your English usage and mechanics, which include punctuation, grammar, usage, and sentence structure. That sounds rough, but we'll catch you next time.